0: welcome to the artist track podcast this is episode number two about ego and confidence welcome i'm your artist friend heather and i'm also filming this time this is my second episode of my podcast and i decided to include some video as i record my podcast So thanks for listening. I created this podcast so that I could connect with other people on their creative path. And therefore, if there's something you hear about today that makes you want to talk about something, then I want to hear it. So message me wherever. I'm at heatherish.com. Also, at heatherish on social media. That's heather, Y-I-S-H. Wherever you find people there Will I be? That's not true. But most social media, that's where I'm at. And when I say artist, you don't have to be an artist. You just need to be a human who creates things. Uh, Unless you're a robot, as we discussed in the last podcast. I I said humans only, but I don't want to exclude the robots. So we are pro-robot on this podcast (laughs) probot it's gonna benefit us later on when they take over if they know we're on their side (laughs) heather you need to stop (laughs) you need to not be so weird out the gate (laughs) they're not ready for it yet are you talking to yourself can you stop Anyways, my first podcast was about getting started. And I kind of feel like this should be also a continuation of that, like a part two. There were a lot of things that I left out in the story of how I got started as an artist. On top of that, I don't even think I mentioned the fact that I am an artist. (laughs) Um,. I'm still learning this podcast hosting thing, but just in case I have not formally introduced myself. So I'm Heather. I'm an abstract artist. I paint expressionist, intuitive art. I like to strip all the reality, the visual reality from a situation and only paint how I feel. And that process is good for me because I have a really hard time of checking where I'm at internally with all of my feelings and things like that. And there are a couple reasons why I don't do that very naturally. One is because I think that somewhere along the way I started thinking that emotions was a sign of weakness and I don't like to be vulnerable. And then at the same time, I don't like to be sad ever or feel anything negative. So I will just add to my project load in order to not feel anything uncomfortable. And that's not good for me, I found out. And I did talk a little bit about that in the first podcast. But that is my creative process. So the tagline for this po- podcast is looking to get out. And I think what I really want to discuss is how the creative process can help you align with the things that are most important to you by going through the difficulties of the human experience that everybody has. And in that way, you can reach a place where you feel more fulfilled and content with all the ups and downs of life. So, That is the kind of art that I create. If you're watching the video, you can see some examples behind me. It gets real messy, real colorful. Um, It's a weird process where I never know what I'm going to paint or what it's going to look like when it's done. I just kind of fight with it. Sometimes it's more of a fight than others, but I fight with my painting until... I believe it says what I'm trying to say, and it doesn't call out to me anymore to fix it, and that's how I know I'm finished. So I figured if we're just getting started, (laughs) then I should probably introduce the way that I do things. There are other things that I um, was thinking about my very first podcast. Um, There were some times where I was talking about kind of the path I went when I started creating art because I didn't always paint. And when I was talking about that, I noticed that I started taking these really deep breaths <laughs> in between what I was saying. And I edited a lot of those out because I felt like it was getting annoying, but it was hard for me to talk about a little bit. So in the front of my brain, there's, you know, me and what you see, but there's also this in the back of my brain, this thought process that's ha- happening. And it's kind of like this hamster on a wheel that's just like, okay, go, 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 go. Okay, what are you doing? Why are you saying that? Um, You sound really stupid. And why are you... D- and it's kind of a negative hamster. But at the same time, the hamster just wants to party. So it's like got its own disco ball back there and it's just going. <laughs> it's a critical party hamster in my head. And if that sounds like a good time, I guess it can be. <laughs> but... It also it also makes for some some difficulty, as you can imagine, as you can imagine a hamster, a disco hamster in the back of your head. That's not great. I don't feel like I'm very coherent. I kind of think I'm a neurotic mess at the end of the day. And I hope I'm somewhat logical so that people can understand. But what I keep telling myself is, there are people out there who do podcasts that are very professional. (laughs) And they are better at explaining themselves. And so if people really wanted, they could go listen to them. (laughs) But if you want a mess, you're in the right place, my friend. And like I said, maybe it'll make people feel better about themselves and say, I'm so much better than her in so many ways. And I'm cool with that, totally cool with that, because it's probably true. (laughs) And another thing about my creative process that I don't think I talked about in my first episode, my life as an artist started a few years ago, right? And then I slowly started sharing that art with the world. And then I started selling it because I started researching what it would take to start a business. And what I found was I really love that. I really love what it takes to start a successful business and learning all about that. So sometimes people I've heard them say they don't want to become an artist professionally because they don't want to part with their work and they don't want their love of painting to be clouded by turning it into their job but for me I still feel like painting is my hobby even though my paintings just so happen to be the things that I sell I feel like my job is running a business and painting is my hobby honestly because it's just a small part of all that I do to build a business And I don't think there's one specific type of person that's good at running a business versus another type. I think that businesses are just different. So they're gonna be run differently by different people because all people are different. And another thing is I really believe that what you've done has prepared you for what you're going to do. So when I look back and I think of my career as a teacher, which is what I was before I decided to get into an art business. It's weird to think how much that career prepared me for what I'm doing now. It's weird. I mean, I have to create a lot of content and put it out there and think about that's basically writing a lesson plan. And I had to get real creative with it. I remember when I taught middle school, one time I did a series of videos on the parts of speech starring Barbie and a Justin Bieber doll. (laughs) Because if you think about it, your students are essentially your customers and what you're selling is your subject area that you're teaching. But the only difference is is that they're legally forced to sit there in the room with you. So there is no ideal client. Some people are going to like what you teach more than others, but... At the end of the day, you got to get real creative with how you sell your information. So there's a lot of good preparation for that: organization, planning, people skills. Holy cow! Observing a hundred different people a day for an entire year over the years is really amazing because it's so fascinating to see how different personalities interact with each other and with yourself and the truth is that I feel like teaching was ironically a learning experience I mean they say if you teach something then you retain the information more than even the students do who are just hearing it so I feel like I went to school and then I graduated from college and then I went back to school and it was really good so if you're in a job and I liked teaching But if you're in a job that doesn't necessarily feel like it completely aligns with the things that you truly love or it feels a bit off where it's kind of sucking your soul a little bit, (laughs) because there are a lot of great things about teaching, but the system of teaching, public school teaching, is such a wreck that, I mean, teacher burnout, the average teacher only teaches four years nowadays. It's very rare where people decide to be a teacher and they end up retiring from the profession 30 years later. I don't think that's how the profession is going to continue. So I kind of feel like I got a little off track, but I've got my notes here. And so I want to start talking about the topic of this episode, which is ego versus confidence. And it's a really tricky Nuanced thing that's kind of hard to be aware of. So I'm going to do my best to explain what I've learned about that. Transitioning my career into a more creative career and also being in business for a year and still being at the very beginning of the upstart of my business. As the type of business that's from the ground up where I don't take, I never took any investments or borrowed any money. it's completely baby steps up that ladder. I don't know why a baby's climbing a ladder, but she is. (laughs) I think it's important to talk about ego versus confidence and to understand the difference between the two because as you go through a creative process or if you do decide to build a business, it's really tricky where you do need to have enough confidence to do the things that Put yourself out there. So it does take confidence. But at the same time, you have to be careful of your ego. And when I say ego, I don't necessarily mean the thing that makes us narcissistic where we want everybody to praise us all of the time. I think that might be part of it and more of a struggle for some people. But my ego looks a lot like fear and it looks a lot like putting myself down And I'm going to be completely honest. Right now, and I'm talking just like the last couple of days, I have been discouraged in my business because, and and that's just the truth, because it really goes up and down. There are times when it feels like you're growing and it feels successful and you get a lot coming in. And then there are some serious dry spells. I've heard that that's normal. I think that happens with a lot of different businesses, especially one that's starting from the ground up. So I hate showing up kind of discouraged, but this is just me documenting the process of where I'm at. And I'm not as bad. I used to get real bad where it would be like, this is awful. Nobody cares. Why am I doing this? It's meaningless. You know, nobody wants what I have to give. That's honestly it. I want to be valued and I don't feel valued. And the weird thing is, is that when people pay you money, that's them saying, I value you. And as a person who doesn't really chase after money just for money's sake, it still feels like an indication of how I play the game of running a business, how good I am at playing the game of running a business or how good I am at representing myself or it's really hard for me to not think, Money is the measure of how valuable I am just to humans, to other humans. And that doesn't sound, when I say it out loud, it doesn't sound like that's a really good mindset. That doesn't sound healthy at all. So I'll admit that. But at the same time, it is how I feel. So it used to be worse, but right now, to give you an indication, because I have had success and I have grown and I need to keep that in mind. But right now... (laughs) Last night I was having kind of a meltdown and it I was like, nobody cares. Um, I don't matter and I'll never meet Keanu Reeves. <laughs> there are two types of people, people who meet Keanu Reeves and people who don't and I'm just not important enough <laughs> to meet Keanu Reeves. Ugh. You know, <laughs> I had never wanted necessarily to meet Kiana Reeves before last night, but still. <laughs> um, that's my benchmark now. My benchmark of success. Are you the type of person that could possibly meet Kiana Reeves? If you're not, why are you even trying? That's such a weird thing to say. I hope you know I don't mean it. <laughs> that to me sounds a lot like ego. <laughs> if I was, if I had to characterize it, I would say. My ego is talking right now and not my healthy self-confidence. You feel me? So luckily, Heather from the past wrote a list of differences between the ego and confidence. And maybe Heather from the past can talk to Heather from the present. We're time traveling on the show. I bet you didn't know that you were signing up for that, but here we are. Maybe my former self can cheer up my current self, although I don't know. (laughs) We shall see. I have found that ego feels like wanting to control something that I literally have no control over. I have no control over who buys my work or who likes my work or who values my work. The only thing I have control over is how much I produce, the quality of it, if I produced anything at all, and how I represent myself in the world, how I show up on different media, putting myself out there. So the truth of the matter is confidence looks like patience. I was listening to this podcast. I love listening to different entrepreneur gurus, and I just ran across this one called the Sean West Podcast, S-E-A-N-W-E-S, and I really like him because he's a very stable presence. <laughs> and I find myself really liking to be around, especially men, I don't know why, a masculine version of really steady, calm people because I think it balances my insanely enthusiastic <laughs> self because I can get to be a bit much. I listen to Tony Robbins when... I don't know and I feel out of alignment with what my goals are and I don't know how to set my goals. He has these six human needs that everybody needs to fill and it's a really good way to kind of calibrate and make sure you're on the right path. And I listen to Gary V. of course if I ever feel unmotivated or defeated Gary V. gets me up and running. <laughs> and he can be repetitive which is good because Sometimes you need to hear the same thing multiple times for it to land, but it really doesn't matter what he's talking about. I just kind of feed off of his energy (laughs) and Sean Wes is really great, which I don't think that's his name. His name is Sean, but he's really good at kind of the, let everyone calm down. (laughs) And so he has a podcast about that. He just recently published about the long game, that it takes time, that. If you're in the beginning of the process, it might take 10 years for you to appear like you just became successful overnight. And he gave example after example of how very successful industries and businesses like Disney itself took years and years of buildup and bankruptcy and serious ups and downs, catastrophic ups and downs to become thriving. So confidence looks like patience. Confidence looks like I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. Even if nobody's here to buy, I'm still going to show up because it is my vision. It is my goal. It is who I am as a person. It's what I'm going to do. It's That's not a question. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing just because I'm discouraged. I need to give myself some patience. I think ego feels like being easily offended. I do not find myself to be easily offended. And I think that's one of the leftover skills from being a teacher because, I mean, you come up under a lot of scrutiny. I know some of my students would be like, uh, miss, I can tell that your eyeliner is one millimeter thicker than usual. (laughs) And I was like, can you please stop looking at me that close? Because I do not hold up. There is no, I'm not going to Kim Kardashian this thing. Let's learn English, please. I remember being like, nobody has cussed at me in a textbook in a while, and I'm kind of disappointed about that. Maybe I need to get a little meaner. (laughs) Anyway, when you are a teacher, you're going to get a thick skin. But I have heard people say that they don't put their work out there because they're afraid that it's going to get picked apart. And I know that'll happen, and I know not everybody's going to like my artwork, but that doesn't really bother me I thought it would bother me before I posted my work and put it out there but most people are really nice honestly so I think confidence I guess I'm more confident than egotistical in that area so I'm gonna give myself a high five (laughs) good job Heather you have 0.5 percent confidence you don't care what people think for the most part, I don't care what people think, but I do want to be valued. So maybe I do care what people think. I don't know. That's tricky. See, it's tricky to know the difference between ego and confidence. You feel me? All right. The next thing on my list is, um, ooh, I've noticed a lot of people want to hoard their work or their benefits or their status. They don't want to share it. And the cultural buzzword, buzz phrase right now, is the mindset of abundance versus a scarcity mindset. And that you will be more successful the more you choose to give and to serve your audience and your peers. But I've heard people say, I'm not gonna post my art, I'm not gonna sell it, because what if somebody takes my pictures and uses it as their own branding and even printed on mugs and t-shirts and I get no money from that which you don't want to get too far in the other direction I do think that it's important to trademark and copyright and get all that legal stuff down but when you're just starting out that's too much to think about I think what's important is to share and grow and then maybe have the mindset of okay somebody sees my design on a t-shirt And then when they find me, they're like, oh, hey, there's that person on a t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Because if you have this mindset of abundance, then you're going to put yourself into these places that are going to be able to take care of you. These people who are going to be able to take care of you. I've experienced it on some level, you know, in the form of referrals and encouragement and other artists who are supportive along the journey and so the more the merrier you know within reason the more people on your team the more people that you serve the more people that you give what you can give for free did I say that right the more people that you give free things to (sighs) see it's you within reason you don't want to just never charge anything I don't I don't think that's good but I think it's good to measure like I'm gonna Charge as much as it costs so that I can sustainably continue to produce what I have to serve others. And along that lines, I think ego looks at bitterness when things go wrong or bitterness against other people. And I think that confidence says you're on the same level as other people. It is so easy to get into the comparison game. I find, here's how I find I struggle with this. I don't think I'm jealous often but I do compare so when I see another artist that's successful especially artists who have a similar style to myself I want them to have all that success I don't begrudge that of anybody this is just me personally however I do use that as a benchmark to measure myself Which isn't fair, because I'm comparing, even though our style may be the same, our lives are completely different, our obligations and responsibilities, our resources, and it's really not a fair comparison, and I know that. But I struggle with that. I think it's important to understand that while people might be more successful, that doesn't mean they're better than you, or that you don't have something to give that's your own. Because I think our egos do want to be better than other people. Because if we're better than other people, then it stands to reason we will benefit more in a bunch of different ways. But that's not healthy, I don't think. But it's really tricky to avoid that mindset. Ooh, here's one that I struggle with, major, major. Okay, so if my artwork is about my feelings, essentially, and remember at the beginning when I talked about I don't like my feelings because I feel like they're weak and they make me vulnerable. Well, so that means that on my social media, I post my artwork, but I also post where I'm at emotionally, and there have been times where I've been really in a bad place, either really sad or really angry, and I make it a point to put myself out there in those moments, but every time I do that, it is a freaking battle, and not everybody has to do this. This is just the point of my artwork. So I do feel like it's a good exercise for me because I don't ever want to be pitied. So that's the thing that bothers me the most is when I post, hey, I'm sad. I don't want somebody to say, oh, you know, and try to make me feel better. I don't want people to say, that is so effed. (laughs) I know that's terrible because people just want to you know, show love and it's not their fault. So if you're one of those people that's ever done that, I love you to death and it's my bad. It's not your bad. But I think that's my ego. I don't want people to think I'm less than completely strong emotionally and just perfect. It's unfortunate that I got in my head this idea of my negative emotions. See, they're not even negative. My down emotions are a negative thing. That's the thing that I struggle with. And so because that's what I struggle with, I don't want people to pity me because then it feels like they're putting themselves above me in that moment. And I know my last point was to realize that you're on the same level as others, but I also think that it's a healthy confidence to allow other people to help you, to allow other people to encourage you. And I'm extremely fiercely independent So I struggle with that, honestly. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but when I set up my social media accounts, I did not use my personal ones. I started completely new ones. And maybe every once in a while I'll be like, hey, I'm painting over here, come follow me. But I really do not share what I'm doing in my business with my personal accounts, hardly at all. Because I don't want the help of my community. That doesn't feel healthy, Heather. (laughs) Mmm I think one, it's going to make me stand out. It's going to make me look vulnerable. What if somebody follows me and they see that I'm having a bad day and then they look down on me? That is the thought process that I have in my brain. I'm disappointed in myself because <laughs> that doesn't feel healthy. But I, I'm not ready to do it also. that's That is definitely where I'm at. And I don't want to share myself in that way with everybody I know on my personal Facebook account, my personal Instagram account. What do you think? Do you think that's healthy or do you think that's unhealthy? Because I also don't want to bother them and I know that some people when they feel sold to, they get bothered. I think that's part of it. I don't know if that's so unhealthy. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. If you have an art account, do you make a separate art account or do you use your personal social media accounts for your business or your artwork that you create. I think the confident thing to do is to accept support graciously and then be there to support other people. Because if I had a friend who was feeling down or upset, especially about their work or really about anything, I would want them to know that I'm there for them. And I think that when I post times when I'm down, I think that what I want more than somebody trying to fix my problems or pity me is for somebody to say, I've been there, I'm there right now, I'm with you to more relate because I think that's why I put my artwork anyways out there is to relate to other people. Not that I should try to control how people respond to what I put out there. That's not a healthy thing. That's an ego thing. But that leads me to my next point on my list. My ego is I'm here for me. I'm here to see what I can get, I'm here to see who likes me and you focus on yourself. And I think really the cure to that is focusing on others. So I know that sometimes when I feel really defeated, kind of like I am today, I will just go to my followers and I'll go through them all and like and comment and show love and give some like authentic support to those people. And I don't think that just cures me from my discouragement but I do think it helps distract me from it in a healthy way and so a big part of that is if I'm focusing on myself what I really find I struggle with is I feel like I need to prove something to somebody to be valued by them but the truth is is that people care about me but they care about themselves more like they have their own struggles and their own problems that they're trying to get through so while they may be really grateful, they're never. other people are never going to truly give you the value that you crave. That kind of has to come from within, I believe. So I'm always going to feel incomplete if I'm thinking about me and how other people can provide value for me. And if I'm trying to prove myself to other people, I think that's what my hamster does in my head. It's working really hard. The reason why it's on that hamster wheel is because it wants to work really, really hard so that other people can say, oh, hey, and completely value my hamster. (laughs) (laughs) I am ridiculous. But the point is, is that hamster is not getting anywhere. It's doing all this hard work for nothing. If it would just take a second and stop and look around and notice the beauty around it, It might think to itself, you know what? I'm an okay hamster. I don't have to be a perfect hamster, but I've got my disco ball. (laughs) I'm ready to party. There are some good things about me. And at the end of the day, I don't need to focus on me all the time. I need to show up for other people. I don't have anything to prove. I struggled with that pretty major when I left my teaching career because you don't expect the students to value you because they're, you know, they're kids. But the problem was is that you don't get any value – well, I shouldn't say any, but the people in charge, the administration, and the other teachers, there are cultures that are really healthy. But I have found in my teaching experience, teaching at many different schools, that everybody's just so overworked that they can't communicate value to you. They can't. Even though they're good people, they don't have the capacity to value somebody else truly. And give as much support as a teacher really needs to be okay. It's one of the problems with the system. So when I left teaching, I was in that place where I just felt, ugh, wrecked and used. Not, like I said, not from my students, but from the system in and of itself. And I found myself, when I started my business, needing to prove something. So I would spend every waking moment I could away to work on my website or work on a pitch or find an account where I could be doing workshops. And it didn't feel healthy. I think there is something to say for working hard, obviously. But if you feel like you're on the hamster wheel, I think that's a good indication that your ego is trying to prove something to other people. And in the long run, you don't wanna build your business on that level of stressful work. I slowly over time realized that what I truly want is to be able to intuitively respond to the situations around me and not create more work for myself for no reason. And the truth is, when you are aligned with your vision and you know what you want to do and how you want to show up for other people, you're not going to stop working. The the challenges in front of you are going to be difficult, but one, they're not going to feel optional. And two, they're going to bring you joy in some capacity. I remember when I first started out, I was talking with one of my friends who cares about me and I was telling him some of the struggles that I was facing starting my business and maybe I was complaining more than I was being positive about the situation, but he told me, you don't have to do this, you know, you can just find something that you like doing or... You can just find another option you don't have to start this business and I remember being taken aback for a second and I was like no this isn't an option not because I don't have other things that I could do but because this is the only thing I want to do I got at some point very clear about how I wanted to show up and what my goals were And so going through all those difficulties in that moment, I realized that those difficulties were part of the process. And that's when I kind of switched off this hamster wheel a little bit because I was like, you know what, this is hard, but I also love it. I love learning how to build a website and I love learning how to handle other people and network and improve myself and grow everything that goes into building a business I enjoy. So as hard as it does get, it never feels like an option. So that was interesting. Also, I noticed a difference, even though I'm discouraged now, and I know a lot of it is because of my ego, I noticed a difference because I remember when I very first started, I was terrified to post my artwork on Instagram. It was super scary. And, but I had just enough confidence to actually do it. My ego didn't, remember how I said my ego shows up like fear? My ego didn't stop me. And I think that's the important part to remember is that your ego is always going to be there. That hamster in the back of your mind. I hope you don't have a hamster. I hope it's something more fun. But my hamster in the back of my mind is always going to be like, I don't think, I don't know about this. Stop. Don't put yourself out there. It's gonna defeat you and discourage you every once in a while. But the truth is, is that hamster's not in charge of me. <laughs> I'm in charge of that hamster. And I can say, thank you, hamster, for your input. Please have a seat <laughs> in the back. <laughs> uh, take a freaking nap or something. I don't want to hear you right now. Also, when I did my first art show and I stood next to my artwork, like terrified. I didn't have all the confidence in the world, but I had just enough. You only need just enough to do the very next step. And honestly, I never thought I'd have the guts to quit my teaching job. I, I never even dreamed of doing that. And if you had told me at the beginning that that's where that would end up, I probably wouldn't have picked up a paintbrush because I would have been too freaked out. I have another story where I want your input on this, actually. I don't know if this is my ego or if I have a point to be to be made. Okay, so recently there was a person who posted on my Instagram and it was a fly by night comment. It literally said the words, lovely, period. Come check out my page. And I thought I was frustrated in that moment. And and I get those comments all the time. And most of the time people just ignore it or like it. And at the end of the day, a comment is a comment and it's good for your algorithm and, you know, on Instagram and getting more followers and all of that. But one that's another hamster wheel, trying to get all the followers and grow that way. That that's not something that you can control. <laughs> so I get frustrated when comments aren't authentic. I usually say something <laughs> back to them and they usually don't ever respond. I'll be like, "Can we be friends?" <laughs> or do you I've said, "Do you really like my art or are you just commenting <laughs> because I feel like maybe you might even be a robot?" I don't know. So I said something to this person like Your comment doesn't feel genuine, and I think you're making this because you want to get followers and you want that validation, and I I even said, I wish I could follow you 100,000 times so you could get that validation that you needed, and I think that probably sounded pretty (laughs) snarky and kind of mean. Maybe I was annoyed when I posted it. I probably could have been nicer about that, but at the same time, I do. I do wish I could get that person the validation that they want because clearly they're hustling and I see their hamster working and I know that that's not healthy it doesn't feel healthy but that's not my job to fix okay there's a little bit of ego involved <laughs> I can be a control freak sometimes so she actually responded and she was like you could have just said thank you and moved on you didn't have to check my page but you were super rude and she went off on me and I was like, "Actually." I was just happy that she continued to talk to me because most people don't respond when I reply like that. And I was like, actually, I'd really like to be your friend and support you in some way, but I don't feel like you really want that, a genuine connection when you post comments like that. And I think it's important for you to know how your networking feels in genuine. The point of a social media is to use it authentically and to build a community through the internet. But it feels like you're just trying to get the followers. And I don't think that's healthy for me or for you. So she had a couple more mean things to say. I Actually, the funny thing is, is I had other artists, another artist friend really supportively be like, hey, you have Heather all wrong. She's a very nice, encouraging person. It was nice of her to reply to you. And she totally stood up for me, which is cool. And I was like, you know, maybe that person will see doing those fly by night comments really aren't, isn't getting them anywhere. Your follower count has nothing to do with the amount of business you can earn money wise. And maybe she'll benefit from that. I don't know. She probably is just going to be like, this is whack and move on with her life. And honestly, it's not my job to critique her or try to control her or teach her a lesson. <laughs> my teacher came out but I'd love to know what you think about that do you think that that was rude of me to do and unloving or maybe could I have done it more supportively and message me and let me know (laughs) ultimately the thing that I'm trying to learn and has taken me a long time to learn is and I'm still learning is that confidence comes from letting go of control for me I don't know for you Does that feel right for you? Confidence feels like me letting go of the things that I can't control. I can't control how other people respond to what I do. I can only control how I show up for them. And when I have that aligned, I'm able to be in more of that healthy confidence space versus that egotistical hamster space. Anyway, I'd love to know your thoughts on the matter. Thank you for listening to my second episode. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so bad at ending these things. How did I end the last one? Thanks for listening. Mm. Thanks for listening.